be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. Then he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, O no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. This weekend we have the uncomfortable reminder that our salvation is not just based off of me and Jesus, but it's me and Jesus and every person that I come in contact with through the course of my life which, again, should be a little scary for us. The first two readings, the reading from the prophet Amos and the psalm, are a sort of study of contrasts to help us get primed for that reflection. The reading from the prophet Amos, Amos is the one who who is, uh, he he likes to to point people out and call attention to the things that they're doing and and go about the the litany of their their basically hard-heartedness. And we hear more of it again today of how he looks at Israel as the, the, the people, the whole entire people, and says, look, you're, you're, you're sitting on your ivory beds with your nice, your nice linens and your fancy couches, and you eat, uh, you eat all the finest things. You're so self-concerned, you're so comfortable, and you're, you're so complacent. There's nothing really in your heart except that. So there's a very strong rebuke that he gives to them. In contrast to that, we have the example of God, who comes in, the, in Psalm 146, and we hear him described in ways that are entirely unselfish. The ways that, where he pours himself out simply for the love of others. Of how the Lord comes to set captives free, to give sight to the blind, to raise the lowly, protect strangers, help widows and orphans, and certainly we could add to the list. It's interesting, these two. To be self-concerned or to be selfless. That's what it is when it comes down to it. 
A lot of times whenever we think about ourselves as sinners, whenever we think about our sins, it seems that we consider most the sins of commission, as the church calls them. The words, the deeds, the thoughts, the actions that are actively done that we know are bad and yet we do them anyway. It's the things of, how many times did we hear in in the confessional, have we said in the confessional? Thought bad things. I said something negative about somebody. I gossiped. Cursed at the TV last night during the game. Cursed the coach. (laughs) I said something. I drank a little too much or I ate a little too much or I, I did whatever. And we think about the things that we do. And we think that stuff is bad. And it is. But are we mindful of the things that we have failed to do that we should have done. And that's what the gospel calls us to reflect upon. The sins of omission. That we've omitted something that we ought to have done out of love for Christ. We see it, that the Lord gives us the example of this, this presumably fictional account of a rich man and Lazarus with Abraham interacting there in the midst. That the rich man, and again, much like the people of Israel, has all the fine things. He's got his purple robe, a sign of, a sign of royalty, a sign of richness. He's got his, his nice, uh, his fancy linens. He dines sumptuously each day. Not just well, sumptuously. <laughs> it shows the, the extent to which he's taken care of himself. That's not bad to take care of oneself. But in the midst of it, we also have to be concerned about others as well. He goes forth, and each day, Lazarus is there at his doorstep, and he passes him by. It's interesting to note that as Jesus describes the story, he doesn't say that the rich man actually did anything sinful. He didn't walk outside the door and and curse Lazarus. He didn't call him names. He didn't kick him or spit on him on the way out. He didn't even think bad thoughts about him necessarily. He didn't do anything. And that's exactly the problem, because he didn't do anything. Lazarus was there day by day, right outside his doorstep in a sense. And the man knows it. And he knows Lazarus. That's the catch. Whenever he sees Abraham far off, he sees Lazarus and he goes, send Lazarus. (laughs) Not just send that that guy that was at the doorstep. Send Lazarus. I know his name. (laughs) And yet still the hardness of his heart was so much that he didn't do anything for him. A grievous sin of omission. And it was because of something that he failed to do that he ought to have done that he finds himself in the torments. And that should give us pause. (laughs) Something that he failed to do. Because again, so often we focus on what I've actually done that was bad. But so too, remember that what we fail to do that is good also bears great weight in the story of our salvation. I wanted to come up with a little jingle for it, but I didn't, because I wanted it to get stuck in your head so that you would get frustrated that it wouldn't get out. But I want a question to roll around in your mind through the course of this week, and if anybody wants to make up a jingle and share it afterwards, by all means, I won't be upset. I want you to think of one question over and over and over through the day, throughout the course of this week. Maybe just put a little sign in, in, in your house or something, in your car, write it on your hand. And the question I want you to hear over and over again is, where is Lazarus? 
Where's Lazarus? As you go to work, where's Lazarus? As you go to school, where's Lazarus? As you're on the road, where's Lazarus? You go to the store, where's Lazarus? You're in your own home, where's Lazarus? All through the course of our week, we encounter many Lazaruses. It doesn't have to be the extreme example of, of the Lazarus in the story where, he's, where he's, he's sick and he's wounded and he's hungry and he's, and he's at our doorstep, uh, you know, dying almost in a sense, uh, right at our doorstep. It doesn't have to be that extreme. Sometimes it is. But more often than not, it's some small need. Some who is in need in a little way. A little word of encouragement, a, a small deed of kindness, a simple act of love. Those little things... We're unlike the rich man that we can crucify our hearts to be able to let the Christ come forth from us and show love. To allow my self-concern to be set aside. My comfort to be set aside. So that Christ can come forth in love. Because that's the main piece. Jesus calls us to love. Which is a positive action. When asked what was the greatest commandment, he had the Ten Commandments that were thou shalt nots, and he chose to neglect all ten of those to opt for something different that was more basic. Love God and love neighbor. Positive things. Not just to avoid something bad, but to choose to do something good, because it's harder. It's harder to reach outside of ourselves and do good. It's easy to, it's easy to, to shrink back from doing bad, you just don't do it. But to go the extra step to do something good... It's a different story. And so we ask the Lord to be with us this week that the grace of this Mass, the grace of our time of prayer, will be one in which our Lord gives us new eyes in a sense. New eyes to see as we go through the course of this week. Where is Lazarus?